Welcome to the latest episode of The Player's Voice, where this week we are joined by Loud Captain Samuel Roy to talk about life, leadership and legacy. My name is Al O'Mara. I'm the host of this podcast, a former cabin goalkeeper and a performance and well-being consultant with sports and business leaders around the world. Sam chats to me about trying to create meaningful change in Loud. He shares his take on the role of a captain and discusses how growth as a person has helped him improve his performances on the field. He also looked back on his struggles to find purpose and direction in life outside of the GA and tells us how a life-changing work placement was the catalyst to set up his own business, Sam Mulroy Fitness. The Player's Voice is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. The podcast series is part of Bio360, a GPA programme that empowers inter-county players across four key areas, life skills, well-being, dual career and transitions. Please go to bio360.gaelicplayers.com to learn more. You can find out more about me and my work by visiting realtalks.ie and you can also get in touch with me on Twitter and Instagram if you have any questions or feedback on the podcast. But for now, please sit back, relax and enjoy the player's voice with Sam Roy. Samuel Roy, you're very welcome to the player's voice. Thanks so much for taking the time to sit down with us. How are you keeping? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure, pleasure. Conversation I'm really looking forward to having. Um, I suppose to kick us off and we'll get right into it, I was, as I've been kind of looking looking you up the last few days, the last couple of weeks, getting ready to talk to you, um, one of the things that just kept cropping up over and over again is this kind of title of Ireland's top scorer has been linked to you now, like all the interviews, all the newspaper headlines. Um, I suppose I was just going to start by how has how has it been to kind of get that recognition and that like um, yeah I suppose the recognition and then is there any pressure that's kind of come with that for you? Yeah, it's been it's been funny I suppose it's been a um, I suppose look obviously the rise of of Loud has massively um, has happened over the last two years I suppose with it with the um, Mickey Hart joining the setup and I suppose that's been the main factor um, of Loud's, Loud's rise up the divisions and probably more, as you said, headlines and um, people interested in how Loud are doing because Mickey Hart's there. Um, so I suppose I've benefited off that in, in terms of um, Mickey making me captain. Um, and obviously, look, my job is mainly to score for the team and Thankfully, I've done that a lot last year, and um, that was the, that was obviously the plan. And we got out of the division, and everything went swimmingly until probably we probably didn't play well in the championship and stuff. But in terms of personally and dealing with that, it's been it's been it's been great. Look, I suppose you you play to you play to to play well and to make headlines. And as a young fella, that's all you want is to for people to know your name and to talk about you and say, "Oh, geez, wasn't wasn't Sam great today?" Or did he score X, Y, and Z? Or He's doing this. He's doing that, and um, I suppose when you're young, you're you're wishing for that, and then sometimes when you get to it, it's like nearly you know, wish it would go away. Sometimes, so it's been funny. It's been a, it's been some days have been great, some days have been bad, and I suppose look when you when maybe people put you up there, that there's a lot of people trying to knock you down as well. So it's kind of taken as from my side, it's been trying to park it a little bit, um, and and block out the noise because at the end of the day, um, there's a bigger picture in terms of our team and um, loud GA as a whole. Um, and look, if I represent that happy days and, and I'm willing to do that and um, I'll do it to the best of my ability. But for me, it's important that um, it's not just about Sam Roy 
Um, so that's kind of been a massive learning curve. Um, as I said, when you're young, maybe you want it to be about yourself, but um, as I've grown older and wiser, um, I think it's definitely been about more about how can I help and play my part in making Loud um, be, be successful and great, I suppose. Yeah, and like you mentioned the the learning curve there. Um, and could you kind of join up that for us a little bit, kind of what that what that journey's been like to go from kind of, I suppose every player, like there's different phases of coming through on the squad, Sam. And, you know, you might come in as a young lad or whatever, your first year, you're a rookie and you're kind of happy to be there. Or I'm first, it's my job to get on the 26 or next, it's my job to get on the team. And you can kind of like, you're almost, not that you're coasting, but you can kind of be happy with your lot. But then it sounds like you've had to kind of kick through a couple of gears quite quickly to come up higher up the pecking order, both in loud, um, first of all, to actually start achieving some of the stuff that you've done individually. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose um, I actually spoke at the GPA rookie camp the other day and um, I suppose when I look, <laughs> the question was, what were you doing when you were 18 or 19 And to, in terms of what you're doing now? And when I think back and... I was, when I first came into the Loud team, all I wanted to do when I was younger was obviously play for Loud and to get in there, then I was just so happy to, to even be there. Um, and I coasted for probably a year or two and was nearly wanting to be in teams, but not wanting to play because I, I felt that so much pressure that if I was in there, that I wasn't good enough. And um, I was just happy to be there was was the biggest thing because I just love Loud GA. My family loves Loud GA. We traveled all over Ireland to see Loud play for years. Um, so to get in there I probably coasted for a few years and then it was in terms of actually look I probably had a little bit of a breakthrough then I, I dislocated my ankle when Pete McGrath came in and Loud were in Division 2 so I missed out on that and I suppose that kind of flicked the switch and Loud didn't win a game that year and um, I, the next year I, I played decent enough football and I was starting most matches and it just was a flick of the switch in terms of mentality and what I wanted from being an inter-county footballer it was like if I'm going to put in all this time and effort and go to all the training sessions, I'm going to make them worthwhile. Um, so yeah, I suppose in, that's been a learning curve. Um, and I try to look, maybe get that across quicker to some of the younger players in the squad now that like, don't wait. Um, you're here for a reason. You're obviously good enough. but um, And yes, look, it takes time and transitional periods are, are massively important. But um, if I had known or even thought like I thought now at... 18 or 19 or backed myself a little bit more I could have been um, more uh, influential on the team sooner um, and that's probably a little bit of regret but a learning curve as well yeah and that like that mindset shift you referenced there like where where does that come from like what causes that like that kind of that sense of I'm here kind of a you start looking at within yourself in terms of kind of what am I going to do here how am I going to be better or how are we going to get better but where does that kind of shift come from? Is that true? Is that people talking to you? Is that an internal thing? Like, I'm just very curious to learn more about that. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a bit of both. It's external and internal in terms of, look, I was sick of probably two things. I was sick of loud GEA not being good enough um, and all the outside noise of remarks in terms of, look, our lads don't have a stadium. They don't have this. They'll always be a Division 4 team and... Like that comes from other counties and that comes from within the county and I was probably sick of that in terms of I'm one of those people involved and I'm not doing anything to make a difference. So that was the external factor was the noise around um, or the lack of noise and, and enthusiasm around loud football. And then the second probably was um, 
our club um, were seriously underachieving. Um, we had never won a senior title um, up until 2017. Um, had never won a championship um, at senior level um, in our history. And we won our first one in the year COVID. So then internally, when obviously COVID hit and lockdown happened, um, I suppose those the cogs in my head started turning and I turned COVID into a serious um, advantage for me um, in terms of how I trained and how I looked after my body. And um, I really went to town on going and getting training sessions in and the work I'd done. And it was a accumulation sorry, of um, probably six months of work then and our club went on and won its first ever senior championship um, coming out of that COVID and then out of that COVID um, period into Louds um, was kind of when I had a little bit of a um, nice stint. We only played three matches, but um, I suppose that, that was kind of when I kind of um, started playing well for Loud. so uh, really and truly. So um, yeah, it was internal and external um, factors um, and both drove me personally, I suppose. And I know when you were describing like the external factors there, so stuff could like you say like with no stadium or it could be whatever, like other counties could be we don't have training facilities or we don't have the players. We, like there's loads of excuses that can come around as like a, that a county will tell itself in terms of underachieving. And I hope you don't mind me asking this, were, were you also creating excuses for yourself around that time a couple of years ago, like where this fella doesn't like me or again, injury, whatever the things are, I don't know, but maybe you could tell us like, was that kind of leaking, that kind of mentality leaking into you as an individual as well? Yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 said all the time, you're the accumulation of the people you spend your most time with or the people you listen to the most. And um, I suppose for a lot of people, it's easy then to sit back and say, oh yeah, sure, maybe we are a Division 4 team or maybe we are just not meant to have this or maybe I'm not good enough. And um, I think it's easy to do that. And that's why a lot of people in life in general don't succeed because... They spend time telling themselves they can't do things. Um, and I'd be a big believer in um, belief in yourself is massively important. And the people you surround you with um, are either going to push in that direction or they're going to pull you back from it. And um, there's no standing still. Um, so for me, look, I, I was, I've mentioned um, many of the times now, it was Crane Byrne kind of made a little flick switch in my head that, um, look, you can either complain about being from loud or you can go be the best in loud. And... That was in terms of personally and with our club and so I've brought that mentality to everything I do now in terms of, yeah, you can complain about it and, and whinge about it or you can do, go do something about it and that was, um, I suppose, massively um, influential on me, yeah. And then, like, building on that, Sam, like, could you tell me a little more about kind of, uh, and I love that story of you can either complain about or, or like, or become the best that like, you can be here. Um what changes did that trigger then, like, in terms of, because it's easy, I could sit here now and say, oh, yeah, great, you're a great lad, fair play, like, you flipped that switch and good for you, but, like, practically then, in terms of, you know, like, your day-to-day, -day, your week-to-week, -week, like, what changes both, kind of, in terms of your thoughts and feelings, but then also, what changes in terms of the actions and behaviours you're then taking? Yeah, the actions, like, ultimately, it's easy to sit here and me to tell you, look, oh, t start thinking this way and, and everything will change. It's, it doesn't happen like that, and... Um, and, and I'm like not saying you're not a great lad either. Yeah, cheers, cheers, <laughs> cheers. Um, but look, yeah, look, it, absolutely. It's it's easy to sit here and say those things. And um, look, it's, I'm still trying to improve. It's not as if I've reached the top or it's not as if I'm the best or it's nothing like that. It's a case of putting in small little changes to your, to your daily life that 
um, can positively impact you in the next five years. And I'm always kind of thinking, um, trying to think critically every day, like, is this decision the right one for me? Like, it's like having a, like, I obviously have a gym and lots of people trying to lose weight in the gym. And it's like, your short-term actions are great at the time, but are they going to help you in six months? So maybe don't have that. Yeah, that chocolate's going to taste lovely now, but is it going to be lovely in six months' time when you're really looking back on what you've done? So I suppose, yeah, putting in, I suppose, little actions daily, whether it was sleeping better. Look, my my life changed in terms of where I worked and what I'd done, what I studied, um, who I spent time with probably changed. And um, yeah, I suppose, look, it's looking at your own life in, in general terms and can you pick out things where, look, maybe they're not, to the standard they should be for where I want to go in life or in sport. So it was, yeah, I suppose trying to change those little behaviours daily and to make me a better person and a better footballer ultimately. And when you're when you're going through that process of like, you know, really looking at yourself and, and looking in the mirror for, for answers or solutions as to what you want, is there any point to that that's, that's scary, that's overwhelming, where you go, actually, maybe I'm sticking my head or sticking my neck out a bit too much here, I'll, I'll roll it back in. Um, was there any part that you found challenging? Yeah, I suppose, look, it's it's kind of, it's a funny one, like, I, I'm, I'm relatively young, I like to still think, and um, I suppose you kind of, I remember her club had maybe not an emergency meeting, but we had a meeting anyway, and I was okay, I was probably only 18 at the time, and um, probably seven, 17, 18 at the time and I kind of spoke and stood up and said there's no room for egos in this in this dressing room or this team anymore and I just felt that my club, my team, our team had suffered um, for too long with players looking after themselves and um, not putting the team first and I remember I look back at that now and go jeez, imagine if I was one of the old lads one of the younger lads said that now, <laughs> it'd be, he'd probably pull the head off him so it was a uh, brave at the time when I look back and but I didn't even think twice about it, it was nearly just instinct that I'm not I'm not sticking around for this any longer and um, so yeah there's definitely moments where I look back and go probably maybe shouldn't have said that or shouldn't have done that or but look um, that's who I am I suppose and um, I don't it's probably got me to where I am today and that's what I do and um, I don't think I'd change anything but look it's been tough <laughs> it hasn't been straight straightforward so um, yeah look it's been it's been interesting to say the least um, and like, and when you reflect back on on those last couple of years, like obviously, particularly the last two, it's gone very well for you individually. It's also gone well for Loud in terms of climbing divisions into a point where these are back up in Division Two now. Um, like, are you proud of that kind of transformation that you've been part of, as I said, both individually and collectively in the last couple of years? Um, yeah, it's funny. I don't think you really recognise or take recognition for when you're in the minute or in the moment more so, I think. Um, it's funny, my master's um, certificate literally came in the door there today and my mum asked me, are you proud? And I was like, yeah, maybe I am. But or if you had asked me that when I just finished my thesis or when I was going through it, I would have said no. So it's kind of the same scenario, I think, of when maybe something's done, you appreciate it a little bit more. So I suppose we spoke about it in loud. Can we leave a legacy? Can we change something here? And um, maybe when I look back in 10, 15 year time when um, hopefully I'm sailing off into the sunset um, that I might be more proud of what happened um, but at the minute no it's not it's not a case of proud or anything um, I think it's a journey that we need to be on and um, hopefully it keeps going the right direction more so than anything 
And you mentioned, like you mentioned the word legacy there for you. Um, I suppose just there, I was talking about looking backwards, but if you look forwards, kind of like, what do you hope that legacy is? And I know you're kind of, as I said, you're, you're in your prime now and you're kind of still, I'm not talking about like by the end of your career or whatever, but like, what do you think the legacy is for you? Like, what do you want to achieve while wearing the loud jersey? Um, for like for yourself and for your county. Yeah, I suppose for for Loud, it's a case of probably changing in the narrative around Loud GA. I think it's massively important that us as a team and us as a generation of players can leave Loud in a better position than we got it. Um, and hopefully that's Loud competing in Division One and Two. Um, comfortably um, for me that's massively important and then I think we need to become a more of a championship team I don't think we've can play well in the champ we haven't got by the quarter final in probably 10 years which is just not not good enough so um, I think look if we got to a Leinster final or if we won a Delaney Cup um, it would be obviously heading us here for, for a week or two so I think that's that's where kind of my head's at and where the team's head's at um, can we change that over the next 5-10 years um, to leave, I suppose, a little bit of a legacy, yeah. You mentioned, so you mentioned earlier on that obviously Mickey Hart comes in is a huge name for Loud and obviously um, is such a, been such one of the most successful managers of all time. Why do you think he made you captain, uh, I suppose, of his Loud team and, and for Loud as a whole? Why, why do you think he chose you to be the leader of that group? Um, I don't know, I... Uh, just wonder that sometimes, and um, I suppose when it, when it, when I when he made me captain, um, former captain Bevan Duffy come up and asked and said, or said congratulations, and um, said, look, you're you're made captain for a reason. Don't change anything. Um, so when I look back and what I done or what I do, um, I haven't tried to change anything because I've got this title of being captain. So I, I suppose, look, I, I was captain of the minors. I was captain of the lead on twenties. I'm captain of my club. It was kind of like it feels natural to me, and um, maybe he's seen that. I don't know. I enjoy um, having the role, so I thought personality traits. I don't know, um, but look, I enjoy the role. I I take it in my stride, and um, yeah, maybe seen that more so than anything. Is it something like was it something you wanted? Is it something you'd given thought to to take it by surprise? Um, like I know, as you're talking there, you're kind of describing being captain pretty regularly through different age groups or whatever. But this is also different because it's a it's a outside person coming into loud and maybe isn't overly familiar with underage setups or what had gone on previously. So, like, were you surprised to be chosen, or was it something I think you kind of expected? Yeah, it's like did I expect it? No, like I'm not going to say like I. Sp- expected it that I wanted yes um, I 100% wanted Mickey Hart to be impressed by me and I done everything I could to make sure he was impressed by me um, on his first few training sessions and I still do um, try to impress and so yeah it was a case of that I think he would um, I don't know um, did I want it yeah 100% I wanted it um, and I've told people that before so I have no shame in saying that um, as I said, growing up, all I wanted to do was be player led and be captain led, of, and dream of being the best. Like, and so that's what this goal is still is to to continue and to try be that. So, yeah, it's been it's been great to look. I suppose to get that back in is massively, massively um, 
the belief and that that's given me has been so, so important in my progression. So I'll always be thankful to him for that. Um, yeah, so I suppose more so wanting it than anything else was was the big one. Yeah, you did want it. Um, if I was to ask you, how would you describe, like, I suppose just as I'm listening to you there again, I kind of repeat it, but like clearly you're someone who others identify as a leader or a spot in terms of certain traits or in terms of characteristics. What, how would you describe your leadership style out of interest? Yeah, it's, it's funny. And I've done a lot of reading and research and obviously it was involved in my um, master's degree of how to lead. And it's funny, there's, it's the most researched um, topic in the world. It's mental, the styles and the, and the, and the thoughts that go into it. It's funny. Um, but for me, no, it's been about, I suppose, always, I suppose on the pitch is the most important. Like, can you, can you deliver when, when it matters um, or when it doesn't matter and are your habits really good? Um, so it's always the small things for me, I suppose. And then I suppose, look, if, if you're playing well, um, it's massively important to the team. Look, at Sam's doing that or the captain's doing that. Um, look, we'll all row in behind that. I think that makes it a little bit easier um, when you're playing well. So that's been massively important that I continue to play well in that. Um, I do everything right in the training pitch to, to continue playing well and I think it makes it easier for the team to buy in then. Um, and then I suppose in terms of other stuff, then it's kind of um, how do you conduct yourself? Um, how do you talk to the kit man? Do you pick up your gear after yourself? Um, do you wash your plate after you see your training? Um, I think little stuff like that is massively important and in terms of look setting a standard for, for people across the board and um, I'm a big believer in yeah the little things matter um, so yeah no, that's been um, probably the style I've approached uh, or approached it with rightly or wrongly you know I feel like when it comes to leadership like as you you already mentioned there's about 7 million books and like often there's not there isn't really a right or wrong with it it's about being authentic and kind of finding, finding the way that's like natural to you or that feels right to you and like as I'm listening to you there certainly um I definitely hear a strong kind of a sense of a pace setting leader, like someone who wants to set high standards and lead by example, first and foremost. Would that be, is that kind of a fair, would that be a fair summary kind of of how you would view some of that leadership style of yours? Yeah, absolutely. Look, and and that's not a case of saying I'm the best at, um, I'm not saying I'm the best in the gym or I'm not saying I'm the best at running and I'm not saying I'm top of the leaderboard on X, Y or Z, but definitely I'd like to think that I'm pushing standards across board and making sure that we're all driving into one direction um, and I think if we can create a good bond and I think that's important as well as and we can create a team environment where everyone wants to be there and um, I think I play a role in that um, that everyone feels comfortable and everyone feels yeah look loud going, I want to be part of this loud team um, so yeah no look pushing standards and um, I don't think you have to be the best at them um, but I do think you need to push them and you have to look at key metrics of look there's probably five standards across are you fit enough is your um, are you lifting your weights in the gym are you practicing outside of training are you turning up the training early there's key metrics then across the board and if you're ticking some of those boxes and pushing lads to do them as well I think um, yeah I think that's that's a good standard Adam has that has that ever caused any challenges or any friction with teammates when you're trying to do that or you're trying to 
leading that way or bring other people along? Has that ever brought up any tension that you've had to navigate that maybe you could have got away with being, I suppose, before you were a captain um, in terms of needing to be more nuanced or having to communicate more regularly with other people? Yeah, look, I think um, maybe players feel nearly sometimes you're a link between the team and the management and the managers feel, managers feel that as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of communication to be to be dealt with, I suppose, in terms of players coming to speak to you or um, even just someone to have a have a moan to sometimes and I have to be that years and I'm, and I'm okay with that and um, I think that's important as well. Um, I think managers maybe try give messages through me to get to the team and yeah, you're kind of like a, a message boy some of the times and um, but that's fine, I think, and I think that's imp- it's an important part of it. Um, in terms of dealing with difficult moments, yeah, there's, there's times where it comes in and it's your head that's on the block um, a lot of the time. So, look, at the end of the day, Mickey and Gavin and his team are probably only going to be there for X amount of years, a short period of, of air time. Um, so I think ultimately it comes down to the players and um, I feel a responsibility for the players there that, at the minute. So, um, yeah, like I said, my head's on the block a bit at a time. So um, I need to make sure that yeah, we're delivering. Yeah, and it sounds like that, I mean, you mentioned the word responsibility there, Sam, like that that's something ultimately that you're at a point in your life where it kind of does, it's, you're okay putting on your shoulders in terms of being that messenger for a teammate or even being the ear for a, for someone who wants a moan, whereas, you know, maybe going back five, six years, maybe you were the the, the younger hotshot that was getting in, trying to score five points in the, in the game and go home or whatever it was. Um, and is that kind of, I mean, in some ways, is that kind of growth and that kind of more responsibility of the team? Like, does that help it, like, almost matter more to you? Like, become more of a, like, make it more important? Yeah, I think so. And I think uh, it's been it's been a nice, in a way, I think, nearly sometimes when I was growing up. And as you said, when I was coming in first, all that mattered to me was, yeah, look, getting the score sheet or play really well or um, do this or do that on the on the pitch. And then... Um, I suppose that creates its own pressure. Um, so it's been nice to nearly forget about them, not forget about them, but park them a little bit and know, yeah, look, I need to do my job on the pitch, but can you focus on making someone better or can you check in with someone to make sure they had a, a good training session or a good day? Or um, It's been a nice, I suppose, responsibility and I enjoy that. Like my, my work is revolved around making sure people feel good about themselves. So um, yeah, it's been a nice kind of um, role to have and responsibility to have as well. Um, in terms of just dealing with people as well as players, so yeah, I do, I do enjoy that role more so. Um, I don't see it as a as a burden. Right, it's great. Um, and then obviously having it, then like it, in it must like always, I suppose, empower you to like say going back five six years ago when you're like right, I want to be the best player in loud, or I'm sick of us being like crap, or I'm sick of the way it is. I want to change it. Did you feel kind of more empowered then to kind of to be yourself, to express yourself and then to try and create the change ultimately, be that in terms of culture or standards or whatever it is that's been going on. Um, has has that like lifted you to do that more? Yeah, I think so. It's been it's been empowering, I suppose, to to be given a responsibility where someone thinks you can bring the best out of people or um, and it's felt like it's cliche and all this is, we have a saying up on our wall in the gym, if, if you change nothing, nothing changes. So, for me to put myself out there and um, try make changes hasn't 
hasn't always been straightforward or people don't maybe take to it as well sometimes. But um, as I said, if it changed, nothing, nothing changes. So it was a case of, whether you, like I said earlier, do you sit there and let it keep happening or do you just, like, are you happy with that or are you going to do something about it? So that was kind of what it was for me. And um, yeah, it's been it's been brilliant to, to try ask myself that question, can you bring the best out of people? And um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the role at the minute anyway, yeah. No, it's savage, and I think it's like the. I mean, it's probably the perfect transition to go. Like you mentioned, change there multiple times, and what well, we spent the first chunk of our conversation talk about your growth as a player, as a forwards, um, Loud's growth and trying to de- develop and trying to improve. Like Samurai, the person has obviously been busy in the background, making changes and driving things, and kind of getting your life to what you feel. I'm sure is a better place and more comfortable in your own skin. So. Could I ask maybe just to explain that kind of journey you've been on since you're, you know, let's say jump in from a teenager or whatever you were doing to kind of where you are now and kind of just give us an overview of what that's been like? Yeah, yeah. So I suppose when I was a teenager and, um, yeah, it's funny, like, and you say comfortable in your own skin and stuff, it's it's funny. I never, like, I'm never, I'm not a big um, talker in terms of talking about, probably struggle that side of things, talk about feelings or whatever and, when I look back at school and stuff, I was never, uh, I didn't enjoy school. I hated being there. I only stayed because I think my granddad said he'd give me a, a couple of grand to get me first car if I'd done my leaving cert. So really hated school, didn't enjoy that kind of time or period in, in my life really too much other than playing football. And and that was all. I grew up trying to be a GA player. like, And um, it's funny, yeah, when I think back to that, time in life there was nothing other than GA and then I suppose I was working in a pub for a while and um, didn't fill in a CA form, CAO form or no aspirations to go to college and no clue what I was going to do other than play GA and it's funny then my, my friend um, Robbie Robbie Smith um, turned around to me and said yeah you're Sam the footballer but what else are you going to be? Like, One of your friends said that to you? Yeah He's a, he's a good head in the wow. shoulders. He's a, he's a few yeah. He's a few years older than me, and he's he's very clever. And he he's actually physio for the mead team now at the minute, and he works in the clinic in town here. He's he's excellent at his job, and he's a clever person. And he said, yeah, you can be Sam the footballer all you want, but that only lasts so long. And what else are you going to be? So, so was that kind of was what age are you, Sam? When he says that to you, just out of interest, eighteen, nineteen years of age, probably. And at the time, I was going, oh, here, will you give it over, like? Do you know what I mean? And you don't take it on, you don't, you nearly, you just feel like he's slagging you. And, and then after a few weeks, I was like, that, it started hitting home. I was like, geez, I am nothing else other than like, and then it's a realization of, geez, I haven't done anything educational. I have no degree. I have no, even say, I think I got 100, 200 points. Um, like I'd done nothing at school. And it was a case of, yeah, I needed to change that. Um, because at the end of the day, Unfortunately, um, I wasn't going to make it as a soccer player and I um, didn't know if I was going to make it as a loud player and unfortunately that doesn't pay the bills. And So it was a case then of at 18, 19, what I was going to do. I was working in a bit of construction then. I was working in the pub and um, ultimately Derek Crilly rang me from DKIT and asked me to come play football with the college. And I was like, Derek, I don't have a great leaving cert. I don't think I'm going to get into college. So um, it was a case I went and done a PLC course here in Drada and um, I started to go through the motions of college and ultimately failed college probably three or four times. And 
Um, yeah, I didn't, didn't do the best at college for the first few years. And like, I still hadn't copped on at that stage. Um, like ultimately I was going to college to play football and I didn't go to DKIT then because they weren't playing Sigerson. And so I went to Carlo then for a year because they were in Sigerson and they had a GEA course. And yeah, when I think back, I mean, head was probably up my hole a little bit. So, um, yeah, it was. But that point, even though you're, you are kind of padding, you think you're padding out the education or trying to, it's still samurai the GA players still whether you realise or not still kind of pressing the buttons and driving where you're going or what you're doing is it? Yeah it was completely like GA focus it was completely about pushing GA. so even in Carlo I had got a house down there I was supposed to stay down there but I'd I'd travel down on a Sunday night and I'd come back home on a Monday evening to go loud gym training I'd go back down Monday night Tuesday go to college if I did Tuesday night, come home for loud training. Back then, Tuesday night, did the same on Thursday. Like I spent my whole year in Carlo. I think I went out as a college student, I went out once in Carlo. And I think back to that now, I was mad in the head. I wasn't even playing with loud. I was just after been calling to the squad. I was sitting on the bench most of the time. And um, yeah, that's who I was. I suppose I was just trying to be defined by GEA. Um, and yeah, I ended up transferring to DKIT then. Um, and studied there for a number of years, um, longer than I should have. Um, my friends are keen to remind me of that. So yeah, that took a while to get through that one. And um, yeah, then I suppose that the the flick went off um, or the switch went to my head and it was a, um, I'd done my placement, college placement in third year in Blanchestown in Sport Ireland um, with Loud's SNC coach at the time, Graham Byrne, who I mentioned earlier. And he became a little bit of a mentor in terms of, I was working in the gym with him and that was in my mindset. Look, Graham's and obviously Leverman, he's worked with a lot of high profile athletes, um, soccer and GA and um he started um chipping away at my head and what I thought and what where did I want to go with things and um so yeah, I suppose that played a massive part in where I've ended up now. I'd done three months placement there and then the following January I went and opened um my own business um in the in the gym. So yeah, it was yeah, not saying it was all down to Graham, but there was a he played a big role and and changed my mind and and then I became a focus of at least I had something to focus on and at least I knew then like geez I actually really enjoy this and I enjoy making people feel good about themselves through exercise and I feel good um about it and yeah I suppose that gave me purpose and and direction so I went chasing that and um, I finished out my degree in sport exercise and the gym was running really well I gave up the job in the pub and in construction and. Um, football started well, I started being better at football and everything started to feel better and look better for me in my day and yeah it was it was a massive um, turning point in my life I have to say yeah It's such a I mean it's such an interesting journey you've described um, I mean, there's so many different parts that we could we could jump we could jump into and I suppose the first one I started is it was the Sports Ireland kind of when you get them not the mentorship when you get the job placement that's the first one where the, the penny really drops with you in terms of like I suppose is it is is it even that it's not oh this it's not like that I'm looking for a traditional job but this is like a way of life or a passion or something that I actually get enjoyment from rather than going hey what can I do to get a couple of quid in that lets me go to train on Thursday or Tuesday or whatever it is is that kind of going on around that time Sam and if it is kind of what age are you at that point yeah so I'm probably 20 20 20, around 20 years of age and at, as you said there I was working in the pub just for money I was working in construction though because the money was really good and um, it was diesel in the car and it was enough to buy pairs of boots if I, if I liked the pair and 
that's all it was at the time and there was no purpose and and there was no there was no drive. I didn't want to get up in the morning and go down to work like I dragged out of bed ten minutes before work the construction sites to the minutes down the road and I'd rock in and I'd get through the day just to go training that night, like and I was I was living off that. So when I got that sense of I suppose something I enjoyed and um something that interests me and gave me purpose um in terms of being in Sport Ireland. And um, it just opened my eyes to there's more more to life than maybe GAA and playing the whole time and um as I said it doesn't last forever. So that was maybe a a cop on moment. Um so that was yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say cliches is it's life changing, I suppose, those three months. Um I suppose been around look sport and I don't know if you've ever been there. It's an absolutely incredible campus. Yes. And you've obviously the headquarters of every all the um all the sports around Ireland. So going in and seeing and even athletes walking by every day and um yeah, it was absolutely incredible. The RFU and the Irish players walking in or the soccer players walking in and seeing that and dealing with that and just yeah, it was incredible. So and I suppose maybe realising, yeah, look, I can't make it as a professional athlete, but I could go into working professionally in exercise. So yeah, that was kind of um it was an unbelievable um experience and one I'm very thankful for, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like, and it sounds like it came at just like it sounds like it came at just the right time for you and to have that kind of mentor and that kind of friendship to help guide you as well. And what I'm thinking just as I'm as I'm talking here too is that like you mentioned there, it was um you saw that there was more to life, but in some ways does it also make you see or understand that there's more to you as well? Like did it make you look more I suppose, rather than the fancy job title or being in the cool place, does it make you think about the wider parts to who you are? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It was a case of, um, for me, it was like, as I said, it it was a change in my um, thoughts and beliefs towards, look, yeah, you're not going to be, um, I can't solemnly live my life by playing, playing GEA and then it became, right, I need to get cleverer because um, I'm going to try train people. And I need to know what I'm talking about. So then I had to go study. Um, and then that gave me a little bit of sense of, look, I didn't enjoy it, but you don't have to enjoy everything you do in life if it's going to bring you in a, in a good direction. So look, I went back and um, I studied a little bit more. And um, yeah, it definitely made me look inwards um, more um, in terms of what I thought about life and about myself um, and where I wanted to go So um, and who I wanted to be. So yeah, definitely um, made me um, look at the fancy things of being in Sport Ireland and seeing um, Irish players walk in or X, Y and Z is, is cool and it sounds cool when you say it out loud but um, it was definitely um, more important of of experiencing that for myself um, and being able to say yeah look um, I will go back and study even though I don't like it but I know I have to and um, if I want to run a successful business um, I need to know what I'm talking about so I went and done a master's in sports management just because I wanted it or just because I needed to. Um, so from a lad who hated study and hated school and hated being told what to do, to, um, someone who, um, I suppose, went and chased that then was, yeah, definitely um, a case of looking inwards, I suppose. Like, was it, was it daunting for you to go back into, I suppose, academia or the education system at a master's level when maybe your previous experiences of it hadn't been great. I know I'm even thinking, were the, the conversation you had in the player's voice before Christmas with Lee Keegan? And he said, like, 
he went back to do it. I think he was doing a master's as well. And he was like, give me playing in front of 60,000 people any day ahead of doing one single exam. Um, oh, any day of the week. Oh, so it was a daunting yeah. for you? Yeah, I'm with Lee on that one. Um, 100%, yeah. I suppose it's, it's what you're comfortable in. And um, like Lee's grown up and has played in front of thousands the last 10 years of his life. And I'm not saying I'm speaking for him or I can't speak for him, but speaking for myself, that's what I know. That's what I'm good at. That's what I do. Whereas I know I'm not particularly good at studying. I know I'm not particularly good at writing um, a thesis or I'm not particularly good at taking exams. So yeah, it was daunting. And um, there was times there, I was kind of, jeez, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And me coming home on a Sunday night after a league match there late last year and having to finish off assignments 10, 11, 12 o'clock that night and you absolutely drained. And yeah, there was a lot to that. There was lots of that. But look, in fairness, I had, I had some really, really good help around me. Um, I have to thank me too, to give them a shout out here, my two uncles and my cousin, um, who are good uh, academically, um, put in a lot of help with me. And look, I suppose just leaning on people who can who can help you. And um, yeah, I, I had to lean on them a lot. But um, ultimately, yeah, I had to go do the work. But yeah, daunting. I have to say it was. Yeah, it's such a no. It takes courage to go back and to do that, Sam. You know, and I we we at the, I think earlier in the conversation we talked about excuses and like. It'd be very easy for you to say, ah, listen, I always wanted to do this, but sure, I can't do the studying thing um, or I couldn't do it. You know, I can't, I don't have the time to go to Belfast or to go, you said it was Belfast, you were up in Georgetown, I was in Belfast, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just loads of different excuses that you could have come. So I suppose my question to you is like, what was different this time, now if you reflect on it, like what, what did motivate you to A, I suppose, keep going and then B, like, like get through it, like? Yeah, it's a case of, Firstly, I knew um, I knew I didn't need it. Um, I'd set up the business. The business was running well. The business probably won't run any different whether I had it or I didn't have it. Um, so I think being okay with that and knowing this is solely for my head and for my personal gain um, and early justification for, um, I think we mentioned it before we, we come on, that it was just justification for who I was and what, where the business was going and um, yeah, to keep going was like, I suppose I, I hate quitting at anything. Um, so yeah, that was a big driver of, I told people I was doing it and I'd never have someone turn around and say, I did not do that. So it was a case of an external factor probably driving internal thoughts. Um, so yeah, no, that was, um, that was a definitely a factor. And then, um, yeah, look, I suppose looking at the bigger picture in terms of, look, I want to be very successful with, with the business. Um, so that was absolutely a massive factor in if I want the business to be successful, I need to be successful in terms of what I do. So, yeah, it was, I suppose, putting me in a better position so that I could help the business be better. Um, and obviously, look, I have staff and people need to, I suppose, look up to me throughout the business and the members and everyone. So it was a case of, yeah, proving to myself and to everyone else that, um, yeah, this is this is the business and this is what it has and X, Y, and Z. So they were definitely factors in not quitting, I suppose. And tell me, tell me a little bit more about the business for anyone that doesn't know, like what's it called, what's your day to day, kind of what is what is the thing now where you're waking up in the morning, hopefully still getting out of bed with some energy and, and zest and, and ready to go and not getting not getting dried out of bed like we talked about in previous chapters of life, you know. Yeah, so the business is Samurai Fitness. Um, it's a gym I set up in Monastabice. Um, 
and we are a private training facility. So we take in small group personal training. Um, that's what that's our main classes, and we do bigger, large group sweat classes. So um, we don't open to the general public. Um, people can't just walk in off the street to the gym. Um, so yeah, everything is very personally um, touched, and that's how the business run. That's how the gym runs. Um, so every time you come in, there's a coach there, and every time you you come in, you get you're greeted by your first name, and those are big things that um, we focused on. Our our gym is very community based in terms of we run members events, we host um, days out, we host nights out, and um, more so not just coming in to work out, but more so coming in um, for a chat or to meet your friends or meet new people. And um, we've had success off creating a bond between people in the gym and. Um, inspiring people through exercise and friendships has been a uh, has been incredible for for me to see. And it was our third birthday there, the first week of January, and the gym's third third birthday. And um, I spoke. Congratulations! Yeah, and no, it was it was a bit it was a big big birthday for us. So uh, no, just the, like I, was, I spoke to the members that day who were there. We done it a little bit of workout and coffees and stuff after. And um, I'd kind of said like for me to stand here and look out and to see. 50 odd people there who are after working out and are drinking a coffee together like that was so so special to me and it, sometimes it gets you get caught up running around day to day or getting up a bed of out of bed at 5 a.m to to be in the gym for for people and um to look around and see people happy and enjoying each other's company and like that's why i do it um and we've created a nice community there with um 130 40 odd members and yeah it's been it's been an incredible journey um, and and it's grown and and it has grown over the last three years. I'm not saying that was always the case. We had some tough times. I done a lot of it on my own, um, and there was times where you wanted to pack it in and um, stuff. But look, it, it makes it all worthwhile when you see people enjoying themselves in, in a space that um, we've created. So yeah, it's, it's been a it's been a brilliant journey, I suppose. No, it's like good for obviously just good for you, and obviously it's it's such a great thing to, clearly for for your community where you're from, and I know. I kind of laughed there like you know when you go like you said a grown business so you're working for yourself like you'll get a good chunk of people that will say things like oh shit that must be great you work for yourself not about or what I'd give for that I suppose I mean, I'm not putting words in your mouth here but like like anything there's challenges and there's pros and cons and like in terms of I suppose in terms of the college stuff you mentioned like you know having say own goals or family whoever could kind of help or give you a steer like have you needed help along the way in terms of business be it like for however it may be like have you needed help along the way with that yeah, absolutely. Look, um, for, like I've worked closely with the GPA in terms of um, personal development and business development. So they've been a massive help. Um, I've worked with like my family, my dad and myself painted the gym, like stuff like that, like people don't know and um, people don't look for any credit for it or stuff like that. Like I love that, like me and my dad painted the gym and it took us two weeks like and um You'll always remember that stuff, you know, sort of way. And there's you're paying by the day, were you? Yeah, uh, that's what he wishes. Uh, <laughs> he got a bit of lunch. He got a bit of lunch at the end of the week, I think. Um, so yeah, look, my uh, that's kind of how it's it started, and it got along that way. And like my uncle comes over and tips around, and he hangs stuff on the wall if we need stuff hung up, and it might be crooked, but um, it's done, and there's no questions asked, you know, that sort of way. So um, look, my mom, I suppose, as well, like he'd always come home, and he might have had a bad day, and you might be giving out about someone or something and you need to pay this and you need to pay that. And yeah, there's definitely been challenges and 
it's tough those weeks. So I was working probably 70 hours weeks of just coaching and uh, it was nonstop and um, it's tough on your own. And um, yeah, look, there's many plus sides to it. Um, and it's about getting the business to a stage where um, I don't have to be there um, maybe every day or um, trusting people to, to look after it, which is tough when it's your own. But um, I suppose, yeah, look, for, for me, it's always about being better and looking at the next thing and um, how can we improve? How can I improve? How can the service improve? So, um, yeah, definitely if I have to lean on people to, to get it better, I definitely will. And um, yeah, that's been, been exciting. I know, like you mentioned there, from the Gaelic Players Association perspective, like working with them in terms of personal development and business development. And I suppose just practically then, like, because I suppose well, this is my second year, you know, on the Players Voice podcast. I've been really lucky to talk to people, male and female from all over Ireland, um, like footballers, hurling players, Kowalia players, whatever it may be. And it's like, I suppose for for players that are maybe curious about engaging or having yet or want to know kind of, well, what does personal development actually look like or business development actually look like? Could you give us kind of another layer of kind of what that support actually is then practically and kind of how it hel- has helped you? Yeah, so I reached out to the GPA when um, I'd first kind of started doing some um, classes and stuff in the gym and um, I'd started and it kind of started becoming a thing then, look, at this at the time, like as I said, I was I was probably doing it to get money. Um it was something I enjoyed more so than going to work in the pub. So um at the time I hadn't thought it would be where it is today. It was not as if I started out with this great idea and I could see it being a massive gym. It was a case of, yeah, I needed money and we ran a six week block um and we and it was a success. So it, when it started building, I suppose I was like, geez, I actually don't know nothing about running a business or um how I, how I go about this. So that was the reason why I, I reached out, I suppose. So a GPA staff member has um, who I continue to work with um, even to this day has been, I can't speak highly enough of the engagement I've had. Um, look, he's helped me in terms of, yeah, help run the business or make, help me make decisions. Um, but I, even in terms of actually developing as a person or look, if I came to him with an idea that I think um, it's like a case of actually we just go for a coffee and um, we'll sit and I might have a few things wrote down that I'd like to discuss that day and they could be just, they might sound like the maddest idea is in my head or they might sound ridiculous and we just talk them out and some days we could just talk about how I feel and how football's going and um, look, maybe going back to the Masters won't suit because um, you're at what you're trying to run a business and you're trying to play with loud. So is that the right thing to do? And at the time, yeah, look, we, we talked that out and yes, it was. So those are just some of the things that I suppose that he um, has helped me with over the last few years and um as I said, once you reach out, it's also easy. I keep saying that, and it's and I think the GPA keeps saying that, um, but it actually is that easy. And um, the people at the GPA are so sound. And um, as I said, like I, they talk, and it's confidential. And um, I don't care if I go to him with a mad idea, whereas nearly going to a friend or my mom or dad or anyone around my girlfriend that um, they might look at you funny, whereas when you go to someone that's kind of as an outside opinion or doesn't actually know you know you um, it makes things maybe saying things a little bit easier so um, yeah Jesus it's, I know I probably rambled on there a little bit about them but yeah it's been the I just speak so highly of that GPA staff member so yeah it's been incredible I know that you mentioned earlier I know that the GPA rookie camp was recently in terms of new players coming in just trying to help upskill them raise awareness of supports and services that are available 
as like when you think back to maybe the the younger version of yourself we talked about earlier, um, like do you think a younger version of yourself around eighteen, nineteen would have been surprised by the journey that you've been on and the place that you've got to now? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's funny I was saying like I sat, I went to the GPA rookie camp when I was eighteen or nineteen, and uh, it's funny then going out to talk at it there last week um, has been has been funny like and it's nearly come full circle. And yeah, when I think back and when I was 18, 19, 20 and uh, I suppose if I had said to an 18 year old Sam, you'd be doing this now, um, I probably wouldn't believe, would have believed you. So um, yeah, it's been, the journey has been incredible and one I'm thankful and grateful for and I'm a big believer in looking what's next. As I said, I'm really driven to improve. So it's been a case of um, haven't really stopped and looked back yet, but um, I suppose when you do maybe have a little think about it, yeah, it's it's been it's been <laughs> it's been madness. I suppose yeah, the last few years of uh, starting up their own business and stuff. Yeah, it's been it's been enjoyable and challenging and um, a journey that I hopefully will continue on for the next number of years. Yeah, and like, have you any idea or any kind of anything you're willing to share and kind of what you want that next phase of the journey to look like? I know, and I really appreciate the honesty and insights of us reflecting on on your life and your journey to this point but on and off the field but just in terms of looking forward and kind of be at that I suppose more off the field to be honest with you kind of just kind of what you have in terms of hopes for yourself aspirations for yourself Yeah I suppose look I, I the gym obviously has targets um, it has targets to meet and look that'll be a, an increase in, in people who actually come to the gym and um, it's, incre- it's decreasing the num- number of people who leave the gym and look there's all that stuff that goes on in, in my day to day that um, those targets need to be met and need to be hit so that's what drives me probably daily um, in terms of making sure the gym is taking little steps and in going in the right direction um, and then look in, we're obviously a small enough facility look we have a great space and etc etc but um, probably look been in a, in a bigger facility or maybe having another facility is um, in the back of my mind um, a lot of the time so um, yeah, look, in five years' time, if I had two gyms, um, I'd be very, very happy. Or if I had one big, successful gym um, that was running with 200 members, I'd be, I'd be very, very happy. Yeah. No, savage stuff. And I suppose, I think, one of the other things I did want to ask you kind of before that you go was, because you mentioned it earlier, was that like, you mentioned kind of that sweet spot of when kind of you had been challenging and pushing yourself as an individual, as a player, but then when you start kind of matching it with growing as a person and that kind of, that synergy or when that, those two walks of life kind of come together. I think you mentioned that you found yourself actually playing better. Did you say that earlier or am I imagining that? Yeah, yeah, I suppose um, they correlated in a way of um, when my life started changing outside of football that my football probably started improving um, and I had probably priorities straight Did that surprise you? Um, surprise no um, I don't think so no I suppose look when I, when I look back uh, when you're working in a pub you're, you're there till 3 or 4 in the morning and you're supposed to go training and the next day like it doesn't add up so um, I suppose life choices and work choices um, correlate maybe to um, a little bit better performance um, and then in terms of mindset shifts maybe a little bit as well like when you're in the pub it's probably easy then to after work go for um, have a chipper because you're starving and you're after working all evening whereas when you're working in the gym it's a lot easier probably to eat healthy you know, so, so um, surprise no I think it correlates very well um, with being an inter-county footballer um, 
But yeah, I think there's definitely been challenges in terms of when you're picking between one or the other. Like at, th- at times, um, one of them's going to suffer and it's going to be either football or work. Um, so yeah, that's definitely been a challenge, I suppose. Yeah, and I'm sure like and like setting up your own business, it's not like a silver bullet either. Like there's challenges with that. It's not like you get to just go live scot free now and a kind of. I suppose those challenges will always keep popping up, but it sounds like your journey to this point that like you have, um, I suppose you have a better resilience or awareness now to deal with it. And also, you know, you've got people around you or you've got places you can go to help you or support you on your journey. Would that be fair to say? Like, Yeah, absolutely. Look, and I think it's a case of sometimes I, like football clashes with working in the gym a lot of the time. Um, like we have class on the evening and I've trained on the evening or we have class on the weekend and I have matches and um, my class we'd be around a seminar, a seminar in the gym and I couldn't be there because I had a meeting with Loud or something, you know, sort of way. So um, a lot of the time it's balancing the two and um, a lot of the time both of them are dragging you um, um, in opposite directions. So yeah, look, I think it's it's been massively, massively important for me to have good people and um, as you said, um, good places to go to, to lean on to, to help me through those and look, the management team are very understanding of, of what I'm trying to do work-wise, which has been massively important. Um, Mickey made that clear from the start, look, that um, life's more important um, and work is massively important um, in my life. So, yeah, it was, he made that clear at the start that, look, if anything has to um, come first, um, a lot of the time it's going to be work in your life at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, look, having places and people to, to go to and lean on has been has been crucial in making both successful on and off the field there. Yeah. And then the last one for you, Sam, is like as you as you continue that journey and you've like grown as a person, you've grown as an athlete, um, you're working to try and, you know, lead like lead loud, try and drive change there, try and drive improvement. How do you like how do you recharge yourself? How do you switch off? How do you kind of manage that kind of energy in aspect of the equation when a lot of stuff we've been talking about is energy out going and doing a masters upskilling yourself trying to drive things how do you kind of manage that balance within all that going on it's probably the one thing that I haven't um, managed at all and I struggle seriously struggle with um, switching off um, and it's one thing that I need to improve on um, I think I actually spoke about it last week at the rookie camp that I was listening to a podcast with I don't know if any of you are familiar with um the CrossFit Games and Matt Fraser obviously been five time world champion and I was listening to him I'm, I'm a big big interest in CrossFit and, and him himself um, for what he's achieved but to listening to him saying that he can't just sit on the couch and um, relax he needs to go down I'll go down to the garage and fix something or I'll train and that's been a massive part of my life I hate sitting still I can't um, lie in bed in the morning because I feel like I'm not doing anything with my day and yeah so that's been tough and I suppose trying to find mechanisms and um, solutions to that problem is something that I need to work on. And look, for me at the minute, it's it's probably going for a coffee. But then I find if I go for a coffee, I want to bring my laptop so I can do some work. And so it's it's funny. Uh, or if I want to go um, to the gym because I love exercise, I'm compromising training later on that day. So um, all the things I seem to love nearly bring more um, work or stress involved. So um, yeah, it's been it's, that's definitely been a challenge and something that I need to look at in terms of um of improving as a as a player a person and being able to switch off for people around me I think is important as well because um again you don't want to be bringing problems 
home and been moody when you get home nearly and I nearly feel sorry for um, the people in the house here um, when I come home from work or, and they're just trying to have a conversation which and you can't um, be there. So that's, yeah, I think it's important that people find something that um, does help them switch off and that they can come in and um, relax. Um, but yeah, look, I suppose that's my challenge, I suppose, at the minute and uh, something that I need to work on. But yeah, look, in terms of what I actually do is I do try to go for coffees or if it's a case of going and listening to a podcast or um, chilling out with some friends and um, stuff like that. Yeah, so that would be what I try to do, but uh, unsuccessfully sometimes. No, like obviously it sounds like, look, you have an awareness of it. And just yeah. about, it's always something just, I'm interested when you talk to people. Um, sometimes you you can get into a conversation someone suppose they finds themselves burned out because they've just been doing so much and then it's trying to catch catch it that bit earlier you know that when you kind of you're looking after the the petrol tank or the the battery whatever you want to call it of getting energy back in so it sounds like it's something you you think about and are kind of trying to to figure out maybe haven't just yet but definitely sounds like there's awareness there you know um yeah listen Sam I suppose I'll just finish up by just saying thanks so much for coming on to the player's voice for having such an honest and insightful conversation Thank you so much for reflecting on your journey so far and I wish you nothing but the best on the journey ahead both on and off the field. So thank you very much. Brilliant, Alan. Thanks, thanks William. Thanks for having me. Good chat. The Players Voice podcast is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. You can search The Player's Voice on whatever podcast platform you prefer to find previous episodes with the likes of Vicky Wall, Lee Keegan, Ashton Thompson and Neil McManus. We would also really appreciate it if you rated or reviewed the podcast. Don't forget, you can find out more about the GPA's Bio360 programme by visiting bio360.gaelicplayers.com. My name is Alan O'Mara, and to find out more about my work as a performance and wellbeing consultant with sports and business leaders around the world, please go to www.realtalks.e. Thanks for listening.